Greetings, brethren. Welcome to the Football Ramble. France beat Germany in the big one and Hungary couldn't hold out against Portugal. It's Wednesday, 16th of June. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Paul Pogba. I noticed, Paul, when we talk about Manchester United, you don't turn up. <laughs> now we're talking about France, you do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that old chestnut, is it? <laughs> that old chestnut. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good, good thanks. Oh, Pretty good. We are right. I tell you what, what did you do at two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah, I sat down and watched the TV, but there was no game on. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Just put another game on. Well, I tried to. Fun I just tried to imagine the news was a game. Don't put an Arsenal game on. No. Mm-hmm. They're, in, they're in a draw yeah. for now. And you I'm watching not a bit of the Asian qualifying. See Harvey Renard's boys winning again. Did they? How did they get on? They had a lovely old time. Yeah. I think they won 3-0. They definitely won. I know this because I saw him tweet, you know, good performance, good win, lads. Hashtag, you know, win, hashtag qualifies, hashtag Harvey Renard. <laughs> Imagine that. It's a crime that man's not managing in the Euros at the moment. Yeah, it's, it is. it's the Euros loss. He's won the Africa Cup of Nations uh, a couple of times. Absolutely. And uh, he's now... Uh, the World Cup, he got Morocco to the World Cup. They yeah. were a little bit unlucky in the group. Yeah. They were the real winners, though, for most people, weren't yeah. they? I'd say so. <laughs> They've long in the memory of that campaign, wasn't it? Jim, he's, he's, he's coming back again. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And you can't stop him. No. Well, I certainly can't stop him getting a mention on this show. So <laughs> no, a few minutes. not going to bother to try. In the thick of it. <laughs> in the group stage of the Euros, in the thick of it. People just anticipating sticking their headphones in. Before we get to... The the uh, world champions have just played, the holders have just played... You know, mm. we're at the end of the we'll groups, we're at the end of the games, and no, Marcus Big is Harv. just saying, let's Big just Harvey. as a compromise, yeah. let's just do a few minutes on Morocco at the World Cup. Under <laughs> Harvey, yeah. Well, he's at Saudi Arabia now. I know. Um, uh, but what did you make of um, Japan beating Kyrgyzstan? <laughs> um, let's talk about the European Champions then, if we must. Sorry, everybody. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll start my own channel or something. And we can have yeah. it on there. Yeah. Uh, but yes, France it's already won. They're just launched. <laughs> Naughty. Uh, Germany. Yeah, let's, uh, let's not disclose who he, you know who he makes donations to. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right. Is, uh, is, is yeah. Germany lost at uh, home one nil to France. It was an own goal that decided the game. It was quite a bruising encounter. This Jim. It was wasn't tasty it? though, wasn't it? It was really, really good, wasn't mm. it? Um, I, I I saw a lot of people reacting on Twitter saying it was really boring and a really bad game. I thought it was great. Like the quality on display. Um, even from Germany, apart from when they got anywhere near the goal, yeah. um, mm-hmm. w- was excellent. And it was it was really um, slick and technical. And it actually felt more like a club game, didn't it? It felt mm. like a sort of high-end, like a late stage Champions League people game. People saying that about France, aren't they? They look like a club side. Yeah. A top-tier club side, which... I say top tier, you know, an elite club side, should we say? Yeah, because uh, last really season, like a League well, Two. I was about to say they? last season, Fulham were a top tier club side. <laughs> yeah, um, but but they do look, and this is the side they won the the World Cup, of course, and a lot of these players were in that team. They know their jobs, they know yeah. what they're doing, but also, and perhaps more uh, pressingly. They're really, 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 really good at their jobs. They've got lots of good players. Yeah. I think that's something yeah. that really hit home for me <laughs> yeah. last night. Not they, a seeded yeah. side, though, in well, this Euros. Well, that's that's well, that's that's ridiculous, to be frank. But well, but, they, they, how they do the seeding, they fell short. Yeah, it's still it's still it's still ridiculous. Yeah, okay. They're the best team in the world. Are you, yeah. I mean, the, the, the FIFA rankers will say Belgium are number one team in the world, right? Uh, possibly. I haven't checked. They certainly them. were up till very recently. Well, this yeah. is a UEFA competition, so it we've is. talked about the FIFA stuff. Let's do admin. Let's do administrative <laughs> responsibilities. Um, I thought it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I felt that um, Germany lacked a bit of cutting edge, um, which will be a problem for them if they don't kind of up their game a little bit on that front. I think we've seen a couple of teams who had a bit of cut, a bit of a problem with cutting edge so far. 
Um, but the game was of great quality. I can't believe if that's the case, people are saying they didn't enjoy the game and they couldn't find any kind of thing to enjoy about it. Uh, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. To me, it was really absorbing. Mm. It was like a real narrative to the game. It was it was a bit ebb and flow. Germany came what, roaring back in this. They the did. Yeah, and what I liked about Germany is, and what you'll always get with Germany, is um, even if people don't fancy them this summer and they think they're not quite a vintage German side at this point, they almost refuse mm. to accept that. So mm. it doesn't matter what their limitations are. They have to play Kimmich out wide who struggled a little bit or they, they don't really have a cutting edge going forward or a kind of properly recognised striker mm. like they had in the past, like a closer or someone like that. Mm. They still refuse to lie down. They'll still always give you something to think about. Yeah. And I was quite brazen when the, when the tournament started saying I wouldn't mind England playing Germany at this point. I'll kind of change my mind instantly yeah. because because Germany will always do that to you. They never know really when they're beaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think the mission for them now, having seen the, the Portugal-Hungary game, which we'll come on to as well, is yeah, they have lost there, but they've only lost 1-0. They might now need to go all out and absolutely punish Hungary, just thrash them mm-hmm. to try and be one of the best-placed third teams. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an intriguing thing. I, I mean, with, um, with France, though, I mean, it looked like that they could take it to the next level if mm. they wanted Agree. to. Agree. I think France were playing within themselves for sure. Even, But even within that game. Yeah. And you saw, I mean, they're, they're devastating. They look quite devastating going forward. I know they scored the one goal and it was an own goal. So when you say devastating going forward. I mean, but a couple of marginal decisions. Of course. But, but, but going forward, they obviously look brilliant. But also as well, you think, right, let's have a go at them. They'll just say, well, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah. Because you should see the pace on this lad. Like, yeah. well, I mean, we saw a glimpse, well, not a glimpse, we saw it, Mbappe in full flow mm. running um, past the defender and oh. then uh, the keeper smothered him. But I, I just don't know how you go about playing against them. Well, you, can't, you can't get caught. This sounds like a pretty obvious thing to say, but to pick up on that, mm-hmm. you can't get caught one-on-one against Mbappe. Which, no. which basically Unless means... Unless you're Carl Walker. Yeah, well, well, he he kind of get away with it. Mm. I mean, I don't think enough was made of Hummels yesterday. I thought that was a penalty, by the way. Yeah, everyone said it was a great tackle. He goes through Mbappe mm. to get to the ball, and it's a tackle from behind. I don't know why no one's talking about that. Well, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It was a marginal one in tw- in twenty twenty one. For me, that's a penalty. Yeah, and, and so I don't know why no one said that. At least, at least had the argument. Well, about now it. you've said it. Thank yeah. you very much. M- Mbappe seemed quite vocal about it. At the it time, and rightly so. Fair. He's been tackled from behind, mm-hmm. and, and someone's gone through him to get to the ball. But I was just going to say. This isn't even a must-win game for the team. You obviously want to start well, mm. but it's not knockout football yet. I mean, Germany got Portugal next. Quite, but what I was gonna, I'm, I'm just making the point mm-hmm. specifically in reference to Mbappe. The point is, if you go a goal down to mm. France in a must-win game, yeah. you're you're in, you're up against the wall in a big way because he is so quick, mm-hmm. and not only is he just quick, his runs are intelligent, his technique is unbelievable, and his feet when he's got the ball at his feet are so quick. Yeah. That one when he shifted it yeah. and smashed it in off the post, but it was ruled out. No one can deal with that. No well, one. And I tell you what, older Mercedes Benzema mm. has just slotted into the side, hasn't yeah. he? And and actually, I know Giroud was had had some comments earlier on in the tournament, and uh, obviously was there when they won the World Cup. That's the only thing that's going to undo them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he is. But he is. He is a better player than Giroud. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and, he, and, and again, he suits their style more. Yeah, you would never know he's in his early thirties. I mean, he no. just again, bang, he's in there. He looks magnificent. Well, he's one of those players that's getting better and better in his thirties, and also he's had a lot of time off of international well, football, that, that which is, a which fair is point. probably going to help. Actually, this this might have worked. Out perfectly, and also I thought Griezmann had a really good game as well. That front three is just ridiculous. And then behind them, obviously, Kante covers all the ground. And, and Pogba looks like when he plays for France, he looks like the best player in the oh, world. Pog, Pogba and Kante really gel as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, that's why I think the take about him looking like he gives a shit more for France is, a, in my opinion, is a mm-hmm. wrong take. Mm. For me, look at the players he's got around him at France. Mm-hmm. Look who he's got alongside him. What happens is for Manchester United, his 
And every, every player really, bar, bar a handful at the very top level, have got kind of weaknesses to their game that kind of, at the very, very top level. Pogba's weakness is he can kind of stroll around a bit, but he's got so much quality around him, in front of him, beside him and behind him at France, that it's no coincidence to me that he looks better. I mean, he grows an extra six inches when he it, plays. It, you know, yeah. His, so his much body better. language, he looks like I'm the best player here in this, and I'm going to dominate, and he, and he does. I do think that there is an element at Manchester United where he sort of drops off his intensity and so on, but let's not dwell on that. We're talking about the Euros. Mm. Um, Come on, Scott McTominay is not his fault. Yeah. Well, he's probably more Fred, I think. That's an, 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 so. Any player mm. that plays alongside Paul Pogba and, and isn't N'Golo Kante is going to look worse because they're worse than N'Golo Kante. Absolutely. N'Golo right. Kante is, is you know, arguably mm. the world's best midfield player. Yeah. At what, certainly at what he does. Certainly, yeah. And, and also maybe having Deschamps as manager. Mm. I mean, there's a guy who knows exactly mm. the, the role to play in the centre of the, the pitch. Now, hang on a minute. With Deschamps... He's won the World Cup as yeah. a player and, and, you, and well, no, sorry, Euro, Euros and World Cup as if, player. If yeah. he wins the Euros as a manager, he's the only person to ever do both as player and manager. Not too shabby. Not it's bad. all right. Isn't Not it? too shabby. The he water said, carrier. He said, yeah, he's exactly. perhaps proven that. The trophy wrong. carrier. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, yeah. He said before the game, I am not here to have fun. If so, I would go to Club Med. Yeah, water carrier. Get some water in. Is that the yeah. one that used to be in Guildford, Club Med? I think they're all over the place, weren't they? <laughs> Back in the day, there used to be one in Guildford, I think. Nice to know you were in there. Yeah, probably, cut what, two two blue wickets for a fiver? I'd say so. That, yeah. It's, it's not there anymore, by the way. Nah, that I tried to go the other night. <laughs> That's a weird reference for him to drop, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I don't think shocked. it's the I don't think it's the club med that we see as it's Luke probably, says popping up in oh, right. I'm thinking it's like Luis Enrique going, Oh, you know what? After this I'm just gonna go to Butlins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to Yates's. <laughs> <laughs> Spoons. I'm going down spoons. He probably made some exclusive members club in Monaco yeah. or something, Monte Carlo. Or I something. think that's probably yeah. more likely, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but what is about uh, talking to Paul Pogba? Um he got his shoulder blade, was it, nibbled on by Antonio yeah. Rudiger? I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was um it was an odd choice from Rudiger, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, Rudiger said, "No, you're there." Yeah, well, he said before the game that Germany are ready to, to be a little dirty. I thought that was, I thought that was affectionate. Yeah, I, I thought, mean, we know Rudiger's got it in him. Yeah, well, for sure. But I, I didn't think there was too much in it. I, I thought it was almost like a little bit of a a shit tribute band to Luis Suarez. Yeah. Really, I did see people on Twitter. Twitter let's say it's clear who they supported, saying that if Luis Suarez had done that, it would be a lifetime ban. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Suarez, Suarez did it worse did it twice yeah, and did it yeah, get a lifetime yeah, yeah, yeah. empirically that's not yeah. correct <laughs> yeah yeah. well I mean does that evidence you know well who knows does that really is it, does it really matter uh, but uh, well, I'll tell you what though um, uh, what about Pavard in the head injury now mm. that was quite concerning he was. He said he was a little knocked out for 10 to 15 so, seconds let's, let's call it what it is right we all like to have a laugh mm-hmm. and all the rest of it it's embarrassing mm. It's a premier. It's a premium competition. Yeah. The world's most popular sport. A football player should not be deciding himself mm. whether he needs to go through concussion protocol or not. No. And the fact that he said that afterwards wow. is a damning indictment of the administration of the game. Look, it doesn't even need to be repeated. And I know it's a different medical problem with what happened with Christian Eriksen at the weekend and how good the medical care was. Clearly. Football needs to get his act together with head injuries well, they, they, very, very but quickly. They, all 24 sides in the, in the competition have signed a, what's called a concussion charter. Sure, but the, so, but the medical to, staff needs to take him through it. Well, I, I, indeed, I, I, I don't know the ins and outs there, but it does seem to be... Um, happened in the World Cup final in Germany, didn't it? A while, but a few years ago, Giza was out cold, didn't know where he was, carried mm, on playing. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's quite uh, it's quite worrying. Also, it's quite worrying that the, the, the parachutist landed on the pitch before the game, a Greenpeace activist. Yeah, and he that, nearly hit Deschamps. That could have been a lot worse. It really, really could have. I mean, have we not had enough at the Euros already? Flipping. Yeah, I mean, it? he got caught up in the, um, the in camera. The, in the camera wires sort of thing, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, a, 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 a quite sort of a, a alarming. Uh, Sort of event, if you like, just before before the game. Yeah, Rud- um, Rudiger helped him up, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah right. he had an odd day. He did have a very odd day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did have another. Because what happened was, as you said, the parachute he hit the spider cam, went veered wildly off course. Those haven't seen, mm-hmm. those who haven't seen it came very perilously low close yeah. to the yeah. crowd as yeah. well. A load of debris came down right near the French bench. Uh-huh. Um, which I didn't plan to rhyme, but did. Mm. Um, and he landed quite heavily because it all went to shit. And then Rudiger goes over and sees if, he, if he's all right. I mean, to be fair to Rudiger, we t- t- took it in his stride. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange. Very strange. Yeah, indeed. Did you see that Hansi Flick was sat directly above Yogi Love in the, uh, it, 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 with the Germany dugout? Yeah. She seems sort of quite intense. Was there anyone sat above him? Well, I assume may take over Hansi Flick. Flick. Yeah. yeah, and sort of Franz Beckenbauer's at the top. So I don't <laughs> and know how Yogi Love had a little sniff. He had a little sniff. Yeah, he did. He wasn't fully on camera, but uh-huh. at one point he was scratching his nuts. Oh, dear. Camera pans slightly to the right, came back again and he was having a sniff. Yeah. I will not miss that. I think it's a huge part of international football yeah. at top level, Jim, and I think you'll be careful before you say that kind of thing because you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what did you... I mean, you've mentioned about Germany earlier there. You said... At one point, you thought, oh, maybe I wouldn't mind England to get them in the next round. Assuming England qualify. Don't like to jinx it for the more superstitious amongst us. Uh, yeah. But uh, but seeing that, though, they I mean, I was I was actually quite surprised at the, how they came sort of roaring back in the second half. You know, Serge Gnabry had a chance, which mm. he, sort of that bouncing volley, which which went over. And Yogi Love was a bit like, he, he was annoyed. He said, we need to be more clinical. Yeah. They, were lo- they had loads more of the ball than France. They just didn't do anything. I mean, France really. seemed to be quite content with They that. were fine. Yeah. France, France had got a few more gears to go. I'm almost certain of that. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. I think the problem is they don't have a proper cutting edge, right? So your players they bring on, Kevin Volland, mm, okay. I mean, Kevin Volland looked like he had spoons for feet yeah. yesterday. Timo Werner, we've, he's, he's had his own problems with. I think he's a good player, Timo mm-hmm. Werner, but he's had his own problems with mm-hmm. goal scoring this season. And for Germany recently as well, where he became a bit of a laughing stock. There we go. So I think that they are very capable. They've got lots of good players. But those players that perhaps are the headline players, either through their, what they've done in the past, through their experience, like Hummels, Kroos, um, Muller, of mm-hmm. course, and, and Kimmich, kind of flattered to deceive. And I think the, the exciting young players, if you can still call Gnabry a young player, and Havertz, mm. didn't really seem to have any cutting edge. Having said that, is it fair to judge them against France? No. no, Pro- Probably not. So we'll, we'll wait and see what we get. But the, it doesn't get any easier for them, does it? No. They've still got to play Portugal. I think we saw enough in the second half, though, that um, t- to think that they are not going to be the uh, the complete washout that a lot of people predicted. Jim, mm-hmm. they They're will never be, be that. Listen, at some point in this tournament, they will beat England and knock them out and England will have gone a goal up and it will probably be 2-1 an extra time. Yeah. And <laughs> the, goal, the goal will be early as well. But, oh, yeah. I, but with, with you know, the, the number of third place teams going through, I mean, if Germany, if they beat Hungary, that might be enough to take them through. It will be, but well, I, don't know, I don't know what path that puts them on though. Sure. Uh, no, I, I, you get, it, it gets a bit convoluted there, but, mm. um, but never write off the Germans. No. Yeah. As the old expression goes. People have been trying to write that expression off. <laughs> I know, yeah. but don't be so naive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't. They, they didn't actually go out in the first round of the 2018 World Cup. They actually got to the quarterfinals. If you look at it again, <laughs> <laughs> where's that come from? I don't know. Let's have a break. Gleason has the ball and dims it in towards the penalty area. Brennan Camp does a very good job there of holding Maycock, Maycock rather. Oh dear, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's now time for emails. Show at 
got an email here from Sven uh, Ligren. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Lilligren. Um, he says, regarding Sweden coach uh, Janne Andersson and the trivia about him eating a hot dog with a particular cucumber condiment as a pre-match ritual, I wrote that part for The Guardian about the Swedish team. And while I don't really have anything to add about the game against Spain, I'd like to elaborate on the cucumber condiment. It's called Boston Gurkha, which translates to Boston Cucumber, uh, and consists of chopped cucumber, sugar, onions, and vinegar. It was invented in the early 1950s by Herbert Felix as a way to make the most of leftover cucumber at the Felix Food, sorry, food Company in the southern part of Sweden. It hasn't got anything to do with the city of Boston, um, name was a suggestion of Mr. Felix's secretary, and they went with it. Um, so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah, I was in um, Reykjavik once in Iceland, oh, yeah. and everyone there when we got there was talking about these hot dogs, right? That you get mm. just this nondescript um, van mm-hmm. down by the docks. It wasn't even like a tourist part of town. People were giving us directions and saying, "Go down there. It's like a twenty-five minute walk, and you'll just see this kind of nondescript middle mm-hmm. of a weekday um, hot dog place." And, and I can't stress enough, it was just like a hot dog run mm. at a fun fair. We went there and um, we had these, we, we, for some reason there's a massive queue. And we, and everyone, but you think to yourself it's one of these secret little yeah, nondescript places which is really good uh, and word of mouth. You're like this, Marcus. We, mm. We're in the queue, right? Mm. And waited for ages. Got these hot dogs. They're amazing. Mm. And all you can do is just stand around and eat them. Mm. As, I, as I look behind the counter, big picture of Wild Bill Clinton, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Posing with the owner. <laughs> With a hot dog. Wow. Big Wild Bill was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. God. Yeah, lovely Blimey. stuff. He can sniff out a hot dog. I did, so they say. I didn't, I didn't expect it. But there we go. Wild Bill's, Bill's favourite hot dog in, in Iceland. So there we go. I do love a hot dog. <laughs> He's playing the hot dog like a sax. I think it's best we move on. Yeah. Oh, shoutfootballramble.com. Didn't know you could do Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did I. Good. Just, a good had a, just had a pump there. Have another go there. In the right oh, do, do the email address like him. Shoutfootballramble.com. <laughs> it's good, isn't it's it? Right, yeah. It's better than your Nick Kewer. Yeah. How dare that. you? He's just got up, yeah. to be fair, Bill Clinton in that impression. but <laughs> Smokes 40 a <in> day. Yeah. <laughs> You've had a hot dog with Bill Clinton. Yeah, get uh, in touch. It's not a euphemism. Get, get in touch. touch. Yeah. Get in touch. Right, gentlemen. Hungary were beaten 3-0 at home by Portugal. Not the whole story, though, is it, Marcus? Not the whole story. It really isn't. Uh, but before we, we we tell it, why don't we get... i tell you what, he's on the blower right now. It's Andy Brassel, live from Budapest. Andy, how are you? Good morning. How are you guys? Very well, Andy. Very, very well. Andy, how is your belated stag do in Budapest going? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, going uh, swimmingly. All very tame. Was uh, in bed watching the second half of uh, France versus Germany. You know me. Um, Yeah, we do know you. Uh, You are a man who watches endless amounts of football, (laughs) even in the queue to get on airplanes, in my experience, Mm. on your iPad. How how was the game between Hungary and Portugal last night from an atmosphere point of view? Of course, a lot's been made of the uh, fact that it was a full stadium. Sounded pretty pumping on the TV, but that just might be because we're not used to it. What was it like to actually be there? It's it's pretty remarkable, actually. It's hard to put into words um, because um, I got there... Um, very, very, very early, um, as as you tend to um, in, in major tournaments. So I was I was like there three hours before kickoff, so I got I got to see it fill up all the way, and um, then you just reach this moment, like twenty minutes before, when the crowd starts singing together, and you know what it's like at these big UEFA events. Often there's like quite a big effort to manufacture an atmosphere with deafeningly loud speakers, not like the 
tinny little ones that I grew up with at football grounds when I was a kid, which in a way can kind of block out an atmosphere. You know, they can drown out the supporters. In the end, they just got rid of all the stuff off the PA because the fans were just carrying it all on their own. And it was it was absolutely spectacular. And I think you could see that in the second half um, as Portugal find it, found it harder to break through. You just found this sort of, the players grew that little bit. The hungry players grew that little bit because Especially Adam it, it was just something special. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That, uh, there was a sense watching the game, Andy, actually, that, um, that effectively the 12th man was really, really energising Hungary and it made the game yeah. a lot more enjoyable as a spectacle. Do you, feel, do you feel that affected the Portuguese players throughout the game? Because until those you know, floodgates opened, really, it looked like, Portugal, sorry, it looked like Hungary might be on for a decent point. Yeah, it did. And, you know, with the disallowed goal, there was this momentary feeling that, you know, that they were maybe putting themselves in a, a position to nick it. Like I said, Jim, I, I think the effect it had on the Portugal player, the, the, it was less the effect it had on the Portugal players, more the effect it had on the Hungary players, just making them absolutely obdurate and come out of themselves. Because remember, this is a Hungary team stripped of its is two best players. And you could see in bits of the first half, there was a massive class gap between the two teams. But Hungary made light, light of that. And you're right, that 12th man thing, it's, it's kind of a cliche, but it's completely justified and true in this situation. Andy, um, Fernando Santos has got a slight sort of Gil from the Simpsons vibe. He, he, he tends not to sort of <laughs> look too enthused and happy. And after the game, he, he said some things where he was sort of talking himself into... Yeah, the performance won't, but yeah, we won. No, we won three 0 We won three. No, I, I am happy. I am happy. I promise you, I am happy with that. What um, was he happy with that? Firstly, I mean, it is a three 0 win in a in a European Championship, and also, what's the mood like in the Portugal camp? Because at the end of the the game, it was all smiles and 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 hugs and so on. And Cristiano Ronaldo, if he's happy, then presumably they're all happy. Yeah, and uh, Santos said um, he was happy. Um, I, I think there's... <laughs> There's been a little bit of revisionism, as uh, you suggested there. The fact that it all went to plan because of the late goals, whereas someone pointed out elsewhere in the Portuguese media, um, it, it, it could have easily been a Spain versus Sweden uh, scenario. I think there's a, a sense of quite nice deja vu, actually, in, in, in the Portuguese camp, because that sense of struggling, not massively entertaining, and then getting to a point where you close it out anyway. It felt very Euro 2016. And despite the fact that they've got all these incredible attacking players, they've decided to go in with not one, but two defensive midfielders in Danilo and William Cavalio. And you're getting deep into the second half and they're making no impression. And you're thinking, do you not really want to change something? Um, but Fernando Santos, he, he loves the grind. Has anything been made over there or in the Portuguese press, if you've had a chance to look at it, about Ronaldo's... Um drink water scenario <laughs> and his dis dismissing of, of the uh, the corporate beer moth that is Coke because that to me was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, they um, suggested in uh, one um, Portuguese outlet that it was maybe a message to his son at home because he's oh, spoken... Nice. He's spoken before about his um, eldest, Cristianinho, how annoyed he is. He's talked about it, how annoyed he is that he eats crisps and has fizzy drinks. So uh, I, it, it seemed like he was saying back home, look, 
I'm I'm here, but uh, I may not, may not be there, but but I am. You can't yeah. escape me. Yeah. I can see you. Your, and do your hundred stepovers before bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was it was like a message. I mean, one one even speculated maybe he was in the the press conference room because he had this like dagger stare as he pushed him over. Lovely, Andy. Pleasure talking to you, my man. Have a lovely old time. Uh, stay cool, stay safe, and and stay very sexy. See you soon, Andy. Thanks, you guys. Speak soon. Andy Brassel there. Yeah. What is he really getting up to in Budapest? I, I feel like he didn't want to tell us. <laughs> mm. And maybe when he gets back to the studio at some point during this tournament, he uh-huh. can let us know. But it's a lot great. like confessions of a dangerous mind, I would yeah. imagine. Great. He's off doing secret things <laughs> in all these far-flung locations. Not Bill Clinton again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great to hear from Andy. Great to have someone on the ground there. We had Vish from Hamden. We had uh, Andy from Budapest. Yeah, great us stuff. from London. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but I... I um, I, I'm really pleased you asked him about the, the crowd because it did feel quite weird, mm, as we yeah. said. It, it seemed quite quite strange to see it in action. Because actually, when the when the even when the small crowds came back, you're like, oh god, it's amazing what a difference yeah. the crowd makes. It sounds louder than you expected. Mm-hmm. But then when you get a proper crowd, it's like, oh my god, that's nothing. Well, I tell you what, we we, we heard the ninety thousand at Wembley booing the knee. Well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Come on. I've been on for a while. I need to get all this stuff off my chest. I know, yeah, yeah. Well, some people have been applauding and, and, yeah. and cheering. So, you know, let's have a bit of balance. But we did hear the crowd roar. It yeah. was ultimately yeah. a disallowed goal. Uh, but I like the way they've been implementing VAR. Yeah. Um, because they, they, when the linesman thinks that's offside, you let the play run. And then when the goal goes in, get the flag up. It's still shit, though. No, I know, yeah. but you get the flag up because you don't want the celebrations to go on and then that's the annoying bit. And inevitably, you will have that. But if a goal should be disallowed, then anyway, let's not talk too much What'd about it. What do you make that. of the game itself? I thought it was one of those ones well, where Hungary were obstinate and they... They did their job well, I thought. Yeah, and then... It, they had them going for 84 minutes and it's a shame because I, I actually thought if 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 you're a if you're a team who's inferior you're missing one or two key players and you're playing against a, obviously a better side that's exactly how you should go about it bit of niggle not too much though because mm. you don't want to start getting loads of yellows and all the rest of it but just a little bit in there and one thing as well the temptation for for hungary could have been to just go long to salai mm. he's big boy up front and he yeah. puts his weight about and i thought he played very well you just got to try and win the flick ons but they didn't actually they played the ball out of the back quite a bit yeah. now on one hand, that can be a bit dangerous because sometimes you do need to clear your lines. But actually, what that does is it, in a game like that, when you're under the cosh, you want to keep the ball as much as possible. If you can't keep it up front, then keep it at the back. And I know, again, that's a, that's a risky tactic. But what that does is it, in a weird way, it does alleviate some pressure because if you just start going long, the ball comes back and a dynamic yeah. sets in, which is really quite polarizing. And also, you're chasing the ball most of the exactly, game. So you, yeah. you tire quite badly, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. in that kind of heat. So I, th- I thought they went about the task really, really well. I know Ronaldo missed a good chance in the first half and Jota might have slipped him in. Certainly Ronaldo felt that as yeah. well in the first mm. half. But but they were undone by a deflected goal and then old Ronnie can't, you know, he well, helps himself. But I, I thought they were so close. And, uh, they were. But Portugal, a vital win for them considering, you know, they've got Germany and then France. Well, the only criticism you could level at Hungary, I think, after that effort was just that they wrapped their hands in a little bit mm. in the last five. And that could be crucial because the three teams can go through in groups yeah. and it can be decided on goal well, difference. Well, that's what Rossi, the manager, said. He was like, OK, the first one, you're Unlucky, but the way we kind of capitulate. You can't do yeah. that. I think no, you can't do that. The effort of keeping them out for so long, though, isn't it? And I, I think actually, this is yeah. the, it's an interesting game for Portugal um, because, if, I mean, certainly into the second half, deep into the second half, it looked like this could be similar to the Spain Sweden game. Um, mm-hmm. But now, I mean, scoring three goals like that, that just, it does open the floodgates, doesn't it? They're not a team that generally yeah. you expect with scoring a lot of goals, but they've got the personnel to be that team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they are quite conservative. But I think 
this sets them up really, really nicely for the rest of the group now. Mm. They've shown that they've got goals in. They knew that, but you've got to prove it, haven't you? They've won 3-0 at yeah. the end of the day, you know, and everyone goes off smiling, as we, as we said to Andy. But Cristiano Ronaldo became the first player to appear in five Euros, uh, became the record goal scorer in the history of the Euros, of course. He's now got 106 international goals. He's three off Ali Dai's record of 109. Well, I think, think he'll get that in this tournament. He'll be trying to, won't he? Yeah, I think, you know, it's worth pointing out. I know Andy likes to say about how, you know, the Portuguese FA organising friendlies for Ronaldo. Ali Dai's record is vastly inflated as well. <laughs> I mean, he scored four against Guam in a 19-0 win. So let, yeah. let's at least make that point. Sure. Yeah. Um, but look, it, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Cristiano. And, and it was quite funny at the uh, at the start of the um, of the game when he had a massive pop at Diogo Jota and then missed a really easy chance himself. Yeah, but as ever, good. Cristiano has the last laugh, right? Because yeah, he scores yeah, yeah. two and uh, business continues as he, usual. I mean, is, is, there's this kind of really shit meme going around the internet calling him Penaldo now. Right, uh, and obviously he gets the first goal from a penalty. Doesn't even then work. The second one doesn't yeah. even work, really. Yeah, Penandes is a, is a, is it what is it extrapolated from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just um, fans of a certain it, club again. I don't know. It's just um, people of a certain. You got the bollocks, yeah. Marcus, to say. No, it's people of a certain intellect. It's, it's, it's thick. <laughs> what are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> He's looking at both of us. To be honest with you. Just, I thought it was. I thought it was a spot-on pun. If it play on word, <laughs> if it trends, don't look at it. It will make you thicker. Yeah. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the sort of thing. Yeah. I know. Um, he's just an absolute monster, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's an terrifying. absolute goal. He, he can tear monster. you in half with his bare hands. Here's, here's a take for you, though. Go on, you guys then. might want to laugh out of the studio and you'd be welcome to do so. Bench him next game? When it comes down... No, no. When it comes down to the crunch, though, if we think that France have got a few more gears to go, and I know we're going to talk about the teams that we've been impressed by mm-hmm. most so far in a minute, but um, if it comes down to it, and you're in a big semi-final or even a final, and you could possibly argue that if you get to the final, that's a successful tournament. But Portugal are the holders. They yeah. want to win it. They yeah. want to defend it. Is it going to be sustainable to have so many other players doing the running for him? He's been paired up with players who run on his behalf a mm-hmm. lot. Mm. He's a striker now, really, but he's not a striker that will press from the front and do all the running that needs mm-hmm. to be done. And it's fine against Hungary with respect to Hungary. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be fine in the latter stages? I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's a question worth, ask, worth asking. Could be. I mean, Joao Felix was on the bench, remember? Mm. You know, they have they have reinforcements mm. to bring on and, uh, and whatnot. But it is a fair question. Mm. It is a fair question. Uh, gentlemen, um, Leonardo Bonucci, of Italy fame, of course, revealed that England are the team that has impressed him the most so far. He may well have said that before the two games yesterday. I know what you're doing, Leonardo, there. You're not going to fucking get him up. Well, the problem is he is going to get under our skin there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've all, we've seen everybody play once now. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jim, who's impressed you the most so far? Who's disappointed you as well? Uh, I would say France have impressed me the most. Um, it's not unsurprising, is it? They they just looked like world champions yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Portugal, I think there's more to come from. So actually, I think they're impressive in their own way. But I think outside of that, I'm still really struck by Italy's performance, actually, themselves yeah. on, on the opening day. I thought they were. Can I just say you've missed an opportunity not listing all the Scottish Premiership teams there? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> like, Craig, like Craig Brown. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I think um, France have got more gears to go through. I thought that um, Italy were good. And they were probably up against more than Belgium were, so that's kind of why yeah. it's more worthy of kind of comment. Mm-hmm. Belgium looked decent, but you don't really know what they're up against. I didn't think they're up against much, really. Yeah. No, but they still look good. Though. And I, and they, I actually yeah. thought, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna hammer me for saying this, and if you don't, the listeners will. I actually think England were decent. Mm-hmm. I think I think the way England, well, you and Benucci, both. Well, we're peas in the pod. Yeah, both very very strong, physically impressive centre back. Um, <laughs> 
The the um the thing England had, and it might just be because I know a little bit more about England than I do the other nations, is that England had a lot of challenges to overcome. Hmm. They had it, it was you know, I know it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but it is a factor. Sadly, it was a really hot day. Yeah, mm-hmm. you mentioned you guys mentioned it. Um, I think it's the fact that it was in the sun as well. I think everyone's had hot, uh, yeah, hot temperatures to play in and so on. But when the sun's beating down, it does that. There was a lot of shade though, as the BBC got complaints about. <laughs> you, uh, you can't yeah. just play on one side of the pitch though. <laughs> uh, England, England, or Scotland might want to because of uh, Tierney and Robertson. But Eng- England had a lot of a, a, a kind of bit of an old enemy to overcome. There's a lot of pressure on them. They're a very, very young team, mm. and I thought they controlled the game pretty well. I didn't, I didn't understand why people were criticising that performance. I thought it was very, very strong. So England, I thought, were good because they played their toughest game first, and you don't want to get caught cold. Mm-hmm. I thought Italy were good, as Jim said. I thought France were good. I thought Spain were really disappointing, and that is going to absolutely come back to haunt them because they dominated the game. They couldn't get yeah. the goal. And Do you now, think? Oh, I think oh, so. I, haunt I, them? I think so. Yeah, yeah I th- I think Spain will be nervous now. I thought they were, they were so tedious. But to all watch, this stuff to be with Morata with the fans, like yeah, really and that, that doesn't help, does it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's that's really really unfortunate. They they just look like the absolute epitome of a transitional team. Yeah, I think I wonder if Moreno will start the next game. But obviously that in itself becomes a narrative. They're in a tough mm. tough situation there. Yeah, but yeah, I think as we touched on before, I, I agree that Italy were more impressive than Belgium, largely because of what was in front of them. I think we we we're still still yet to see. Belgium be tested, which, you know, might be, well, it is really testament to how good they are and how, and where we consider them to be now. But with Italy, what I thought was great was Turkey tried to play in a certain way against them and they just dismantled it. Mm-hmm. They put yeah. up a wall and Italy just took it down brick by brick. And they're in such good form going into tournament. You talk about France looking like a top-level club side. Italy, they all know their job. Yeah. You can see the class. They didn't get intimidated by the fact they were the first team to play. Didn't get intimidated by the expectation. They've got a nice balance to their team. People have criticised them going into the tournament saying they don't have a real top-level striker. I mean, they're sharing the goals around. Mm-hmm. And talk- Mobley's, I mean, he's not far off. I know. I mean, but, but his record for Italy is not great. It, Goal-scoring record. It's not record. shocking, though. It's but, not top-level, Marcus. Well, OK. I understand. They've not got, say, a Lukaku or something, but they've got a guy who I think can score goals. Mm. And, and going back to your Morata point about Spain, I mean, the problem with Morata is he's just... He just misses so many big yeah. chances. It's dogged him his whole career. And I don't agree with the treatment he's got because, you know, he's obviously doing mm. his very best and everything. But if he's the best they've got, it's, they're not going to go near to winning this tournament with him. So, no. and, and don't forget with the Spain thing, it's not just the fact that you can look at the 85% possession and go, mm. oh, Sweden rode a lot. Sweden should have scored. Yeah. They probably should have scored twice. Mm. And that's not a great habit to be in if you're Spain. Also no. had a lovely time in goal. Though, yeah. He? Oh, he did. Yeah, he played he was, well. He was absolutely brilliant. Um, but you mentioned Turkey there. I mean, they were... The, Perhaps the side that's disappointed me the most, you know, Andy and one or two others were saying actually that it could be dark horses, and so you know the wall of meat and all that kind of stuff, and it was, it, well, it was, it was carved up, Jim. It really was. Was. But they're playing Wales uh, later on today uh, at the time of recording. It's later. On See, today, this is going to be a real interesting test of both, isn't it? Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Wales that they got Turkey after Switzerland. You know, got the yeah. point. Um, if they, I mean, if they got a win today, I'll tell you what, they're off. They're, I mean, that, that's effectively through to the next round, although I don't want to jinx them. Um, but it will be like a home game for Turkey because, of the, the, you know, Azerbaijan, a lot of good feeling mm. towards Turkey with um, close political ties and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that's the chat coming from um, that part of the world that they're very much behind uh, Turkey. The last time that uh, Turkey played Wales was in a, a World Cup qualifier in 1997, which Turkey won 6-4. 
Um, I'd rather Wales win, but, but yes, please. What a yeah. game. One, of those. Bit, One of those the other way around. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, did you see, um, uh, we often talk about uh, Peter Reid and hotel bars and so on. I think Dean Saunders is the Wales equivalent of Peter Reid. Mm. Very much so. Yeah, it's a absolutely. Great comparison. Well, he was doing an impromptu training session in a, in a restaurant in Baku showing uh, staff how to hold off a defender in turn. That was you know, a few days ago. A training session. Yeah, with this, he was a man in a restaurant being yeah. a bore it's yeah. not a training session was it solicited I can't imagine anyone's gone can you show us how to trap a ball uh, I don't know I don't know Jim but I he's asked very much him, like that though Dean he's always off, off his chair oh, well I asked him about the England squad and I said do you think Southgate who should he have taken and who should he not and he said well you know I would have taken who's that Dean do you mean to fall yeah he did actually say that, didn't he? No, well, he said Man United should have signed it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. About two years can, ago. Can I, can I just, <laughs> which is not long ago enough, is it? No. Let's make that absolutely clear. No. Can I please just say, for those who are listening to this show before the game yeah. uh, this afternoon at five o'clock, this is the biggest moment in Wales' tournament. Yeah. yeah. Because they've got to play Italy after this. Uh-huh. You know, if they win this game today mm-hmm. against a team who flattered to deceive a little bit, Turkey, mm-hmm. they're going to go through. Yeah. Right. I know. I think I'm right in saying you can technically go through with two draws, depending mm. on how, it, how the, how the uh, cards fall elsewhere. It's, it's touch and go. Three points is probably a minimum. You want three points. Well, do we honestly think they're going to get three points against Italy? It's possible, yeah. but it's not very likely. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. need to win today. Absolutely right. Absolutely right, everybody. Well, we're looking forward to that one indeed. Uh, if you're enjoying our Euros coverage, then do get over to uh, the review section on your podcast app and give those five stars a tap damn you uh, it means a lot to us and helps listeners find the show and join you lovely lot as uh, as ramblers so that would be absolutely marvellous on tomorrow's show Jim you're back and so are you Luke and Kate is sitting in the chair directing so, guiding you shepherding you in your opinions we're subbing you out for Kate yeah, thank we'll goodness, because we'll I'm quite warm here. Yeah, it's bloody hot. Isn't Absolutely it? right. There we are, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, pleasure uh, podding with you all. Uh, thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.